Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Thank the Lord for prayer. Amen. Join me, if you would, in 2 Peter chapter number 1 tonight. We, uh, we like to sing, don't we? We're not going to sing, but we like to sing. And uh, one of the old favorites that we've sing, and we kind of wear some of these songs out, is Standing on the Promises. Right? Isn't that a great song? Amen. Standing on the Promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let His praises ring. What are you doing up here, Bubby? No game time tonight? Wow. Good to have you in church, man. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's a good place for a Christian to stand on the firm foundation of God's promises, correct? And you know, you know God's promises are, they, they are related to God's Word and God's character, correct? And, and, and tonight, what I want us to do tonight is I want to take a look at God's promises, my perception. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Look at chapter 1, verse 1. I'm in 2 Peter, chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, and he tells us who he's writing to, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Would that include you and I? So therefore, he's writing to us. This is for us, right? And he says in verse number two, grace and peace, this is his salutation, be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Savior and our Lord Jesus, uh, our, our, uh, and Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness though, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And look at verse 4, whereby are given unto us, look how he labels this, exceeding great and precious, say it, promises. Say it with me again. Look at it. Whereby are given unto us, say with me, exceeding great and precious promises. They're, they're exceedingly great and they're precious promises. I like that, don't you? Amen. That by these, by these promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of, uh, that is in this world through lust. And, and we'll stop there. I want to highlight that thought again where he says that there's given to us, God has given to us these great promises, exceedingly great and precious promises. I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but a few weeks back, it's probably been a few months back, we, uh, we asked this question in a Bible study. I don't remember what the Bible study was, but we asked this question. So how many, how many promises are there in the Bible? You remember that, that Bible study? And the greatest answer we got, the greatest answer we got was from one of our deacons. And what he said was, what did you say, Kevin? A lot. <laughs> you don't remember that, do you? 
I got a good memory. Yeah, well, there's, they say there's between 3,000 and 8,000. It all depends on who you talk to. But Kevin nailed it. How many promises are there in the Bible? A lot. A lot. I like that. That's a good answer, right? That's a good Baptist answer. And, uh, and Peter tells us all those promises are precious. And we agree. Isn't that right? However, I think what we, we, we need to understand the complexity of a promise. Right? The complexity of these promises. You know, a promise <clears throat> is <clears throat> a, a commitment to do something, correct? You make promises, someone has made a promise to you, and what they're doing is they're, they're committing themselves to do something. But here's what we understand. That promise is only as, is, is as reliable as that person's word is. True? So, if somebody comes along and makes you a promise and that person has made promises before and has broken those promises, you don't get that excited about that promise, do you? But when that promise is made to you and I from Almighty God, you not only get excited, but you, you just absolutely anchor your soul into that. Why? Because God is reliable and we can trust Him. Amen. Correct? And He's made... He's made um, in the Bible, some, uh, just some eternal promise. For example, you know this. He's promised us eternal life, right? In fact, Jesus himself said this in John's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 47. Jesus said, he that believes in me has everlasting life, right? Uh, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavily, and I'll give you rest. He promises life. He promises rest. Uh, He's promised the Holy Spirit. He's promised his provision. Matthew chapter 6, great Bible verse, right? Verse 33, anybody know that by heart? Can I, want me to start you off? But seek ye. And? That's a great promise. God's promised his provision. Uh, Jesus promised he's coming again. Right? We have a promise that Christ is coming back for us. You know, these are great promises, and these promises are valid because of who's making the promise. Correct? Uh, but in all of that, in all of that, there's a danger. God's promises, my perception. And the danger sometimes is our understanding of the promise. Have you ever heard the word exploitation? Are you aware that it's possible to exploit the promises of God? You know, tell me, what does it mean to exploit someone or something? What does it mean? Anybody know? There you go. I like that. Take advantage of. Here's a proper definition. To make unethical use of for one's own profit. Huh? So when you exploit something or someone, you are making unethical use of it for your own profit. And it's possible, it's possible for us to exploit the promises of God. You aware of that? It is. We can make, we can make a promise of God, we can, we can use a promise of God improperly. And I want to show you how that, how that happens. It's, it's done by misunderstanding. For example, uh, here's a common mis- misunderstanding. We don't understand the promise. 
So God makes his promises, or God makes promises, but we don't understand the promise. Let me, let me give an illustration. Look at this Bible verse. How many know this Bible verse? But my God, say it with me, but my God shall supply all your need. According to the riches and glory of my All right, let me, let, me, let, me, let me break this down for a second. How is it that maybe we could misuse this promise? Anybody, anybody want to take a crack at it? Yes, ma'am. But he's going to supply all our needs. Say it again. But he's going to supply all of our needs. Right. All of our wants? That's good. I didn't think of that, but that's good. So maybe you misunderstand that thinking, you know, needs equates to wants. And so wouldn't it be great if it said, my God shall supply all your wants? Wouldn't that be great? But that's not what it says. Yes, sir. The key is uh, in Christ Jesus. I like that, in Christ Jesus. That's the key. If everything has to line up according to Christ Jesus. That's good, John. Whatever you want should line up with that. Otherwise, we're going to be asking for things that right. are sinful. Yeah, so we could ask amiss, right, according to James 4, right? That's a good thought. Anybody else want to weigh in? Yes, sir. I got a question. Go ahead. So like two weeks ago, I wanted more money. Okay. So I was like, let me put more money in the offering plate. <laughs> and I'm not even lying. At the end of the week, I got the more money that I wanted. Should I do it again? I think you ought to put more in this week. <laughs> Let's take a vote on that. Cool. <laughs> what do you think, Craig? I like it. It works for me. All right, so how, how is it that we might misunderstand this and exploit it? My God shall supply all your need. There are times, there are times when, we, when we don't understand what we need. Huh? He'll set a supply your need, but there are times when we're praying for things and we may not. Let me give an example. Here's an example. So, uh, and this has nothing to do with what you just brought up, I promise. But sometimes, you ever, we have, in, in Italian, we have a disease called funzolo. Your funds are low. Funds are low. You know? So, <clears throat> so your funds are low, right? And you're saying to yourself, but, you know, I worked this week as much as I worked last week. I, I did what I was supposed to. I paid my bills. I paid my tithe. I did, but, man, I'm struggling. Why is that? And you begin to pray for money. But what really maybe God is teaching you is trust or dependence or discipline. Are you with me? And so I think there are times when we might pray or claim a promise, you know, God's going to supply, you know, all my need but you have to understand what your need is for him to supply that need. Does that make sense? Huh? Uh, here's another thought. We don't understand the application of the promise. Right? Let's go back to that Bible verse. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in, 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 in glory by Christ Jesus. Right? So, when you take a Bible verse, and we're good at this, and Philippians is a tremendous book in the Bible, and it has what, what I call Hall of Fame verses. You know what a Hall of Fame verse is? That's a Hall of Fame verse. That's a standalone verse. For some, that's a life verse, right? Uh, that's, that's a memorized verse. But if we're not careful, you know what we do? We take these verses, these standalone verses, out of their context, right? 
So, when you're reading the Bible, you need to read the Bible in context. Come on, get with me now. Yes. So, what does that mean, Pastor? It means this. You just can't take a word and build your doctrine or your faith on a word. You just can't take your, a, a verse and build your faith or your doctrine on a verse. You just can't take a passage and build on that passage or a chapter. No, you got to take the word and put the word in the sentence and the sentence in the verse. And then the verse in the passage. And then the passage in the chapter. And then the chapter in the book and then the book in the Bible. Right? And, and that's the way we interpret Scripture. There's a fancy word for it. Uh, Dr. Riddell, you've studied this out. It's called hermeneutics, right? That's a fancy word. It's just, it's just the proper method used to interpret Scripture. And, and it all comes down to context. And here's what we ask ourselves. Now, pay attention to this, and I want to get to this verse. As you're reading that Bible verse, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by by Christ Jesus, how does that apply to me? And the way you figure that out is by asking these questions. First of all, who's writing? Who's he writing to? Why is he writing? How does that apply to me? Are you with me? Because if not, yeah, you, you, you can misunderstand. You might misappropriate. Uh, you might use or exploit, you know, a promise of God. So, in this text, you read chapter number 4, of Philippians, and Paul is writing to a specific church in Philippi. And this church in chapter number four was the only church, Paul says, the only church that communicated with me. In other words, what he's saying is this, when I went out on my missionary journey, you were the only church that supported me. He didn't have a big, you know, support base like some of our missionaries do. This was the only church that communicated to him. And so Paul says this to them, because you supplied one of my needs and supported me, my God shall supply all your need. That changes everything, doesn't it? I want you to say this with me. That changes everything, doesn't it? Say it. <laughs> doesn't it? Huh? Right? Because when you, take, when you take a verse of Scripture and put it in its context... Well, it kind of has a way of changing things for us, you know? So, uh, I need to understand what my need is, and then I, I need to understand, you know, the context of that promise. True? Well, then, then we need to understand this. Here's the third thing. We need to understand the conditions. The conditions. Now, think about this. In the Bible, we come to understand and appreciate the fact that God's love is unconditional. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. God loves you anyway. He just chooses to love us, right? He, he loved you before you got saved. He loves you now that you are saved, right? Uh, he just loves us, and it's unconditional. There's nothing you and I have to do in order to get his love. However, that's not true when it comes to God's promises. You aware of that? Some of God's promises are conditional. Let me show you. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter number 3. In Proverbs 3, there's a couple of verses that, man, I tell you, we just love. And I think you'll understand when I say what I'm about to say, that they're conditional. Look at verse number 1. 
Proverbs 3, verse 1. Are you ready? You there? Let's go down the, the list together. He says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Now, now look at me for a second. That's a condition. That's a condition. And then he says this, for length of days and long life and peace shall I add to thee. So God says this, if you do this, I'll do that. Right? So you can't get, you can't get verse 2 unless you have verse 1. Are you with me? You sure? You don't believe me? All right, look at verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. That's a condition. Look at verse 4. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. You can't have verse 4 without verse 3. Are you there yet? All right, look at verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him. And we can say this, then he shall direct your paths. You see the conditions? Trust, lean, right? Acknowledge, and then. So God says, you do this, I'll do that. Look at verse 6. I'm sorry, verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel, marrow to thy bones. Look at verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And what does he say? So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So some of God's promises are connected to obedience. They're conditional. I said a little bit ago, uh, God's promised his provision. And I, I said, let's quote together Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And what does it say again? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's a condition. And all these things shall be added unto thee. Right? See how that works? So in order to, you know, with the promises of God, we need to understand the conditions before we claim the promise. Are you with me? Look, look what David said. David said in Psalm 66, verse 18, he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart... Lord's not going to hear me. Conditional. Huh. I think we need to understand these things, don't you? And that's why I said a little bit ago, the promises of God, there's a complexity that we need to understand, you know, in order to position ourselves. I mean, there's thousands of promises in the Bible. Uh, Brother Riddell, did you walk out when I asked that question again, how many, how many promises there are in the Bible? Did you walk out again when I asked that question, how many promises we had in the Bible? Remember, remember back, at, what was it, about December, you know? And, uh, and I think my son-in-law was here. My son-in-law said, I think there's like, like 1,500. And Brother Riddell said, I think there's, you know, a few. <laughs> Kevin said, there's a lot. Man, I tell you what, the Bible's filled with them. But in order for you and I to benefit from them, we need to understand how you claim a promise right? The application of it, the conditions of it, you know, the understanding of it. There's been many times I've, I've prayed and I've tried to anchor into a promise and I keep saying to God, but you promised, but God is saying, I know I promised and I'm going to meet that need, but you have no idea what you really need. Yes, sir. But there's also uh, God's will. I mean, just because we might ask for something, he may know 
that it's no good for us or something. Exactly. Yep. And, and I believe strongly in that because I believe the Lord kept us from buying a house. And then all of a sudden, everything went sky high. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you know, you pray and you pray according to God's will because sometimes we pray, and like James said, and, and John just brought that up, sometimes we pray or we ask and we ask amiss. You know, we're asking that we might consume it upon our own lusts, our, lust, our own wants and desires, right? God knows better, you know, and he loves us too much to give us what we want. Did you hear that? He loves us too much to give us what we want. God gives us what we need. Amen? Right? So let's take all of that. And let me give you on the way out the door tonight some pra practical application, okay? Can I do that? Let me give you some practical application. Uh, some things to think about when it comes to the promises of God, because they're valid, and God wants you and I to anchor into them. He just wants you to understand the promise and how it applies. And here's some things that I think we need to keep in mind. I'm going to give you f just a few thoughts. Number one, the promise must not become a substitute for our faithfulness. The promise that you and I are claiming or anchoring into must not become a substitute for our faithfulness. What do you mean by that? Well, God's promised to supply our need, but we still need to do our part. Amen. Right? So you go, but God, God's promised to supply all my needs. Well, that's wonderful, but that doesn't mean I need to quit my job and just become a, a lazy lump on the log. Right? right? And so... The promise, you know, we, we need to make sure we don't substitute, you know, the promise for us being faithful and obedient and doing what God wants us to do. Right? Here's another thought. Our interpretation must be consistent with the whole of Scripture. So I can't pray contrary to Scripture. I, I can't trust contrary to Scripture. Are you with me? Right? So, so everything, like you just said a moment ago, Barry, and you said a moment ago, John, it's got to be, you know, in the, in the confines of God's plan or God's will. And the way you find that out is by Scripture. Let the Word of God become your guide. A third thing would be this. Our faith must not violate the boundaries of Scripture. Say, so what do you mean by that? There's a Bible verse that it's, it's valid for you know, every age, every culture. Here it is, Galatians 6 and verse 7. You may know what that means, what that says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's the law of sowing and reaping, right? You will reap what you sow, correct? Uh, just because you haven't reaped it yet doesn't mean you won't. Because some seeds sown take a little bit more time, you know, to bear fruit. But you will. You sow corruption, you're going to get corruption. <laughs> That's just the way. You sow a little bit, you'll get back a little bit. You sow a little bit more, you get back a little bit more. Right? So, the Bible says, be not deceived. So, you, you know, you have somebody who smokes cigarettes for 50 years and gets lung cancer, and then they pray for God to heal them of lung cancer. Right? Now, he might. He might, but if he doesn't, it doesn't mean God's not faithful. It just means you're reaping what you sowed. You get it? Right? And so the, the, the point is, the principle is, our faith must not violate the boundaries of Scripture. 
Another thought would be this. God may have a greater plan in mind. God may have a greater plan in mind. You think about Acts, the book of Acts, and the Apostle Paul, you know, he ends up in Philippi, and there he's in jail, you know, and, and people might be saying, man, alive, Paul. You know, you got bad luck, dude. You know, I mean, you're preaching the gospel, you're trying to do good, and every time everywhere you go, you, you end up in jail and, you know, standing before magistrates. But what happens in, what happens in that Philippian jail? God had a plan, didn't he? And what was the plan? The plan was for that jailer to get saved, and not just that jailer, but his family, and they all got baptized, you know? So, you're going to keep in mind, God might have a greater plan in mind through all that we might be going through. And then, I think this, don't let the promise of God obscure the person of God. Don't let the promise of God obscure the person of God. Of God. We may not be, you know, sometimes we go through things in life, and every once in a while, man, I said we're praying and it's it's just there. You know, God take this away, God take that away. And and sometimes we 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 lose focus of the fact that He's present. Proverbs or uh, Hebrews 13, verse number five, He's promised to never what? Leave us nor forsake us. He's promised to be there. And so it's important for us not to lose fact or let the promise of God obscure the very person of God, the very presence of God in our lives. And sometimes when that happens, of course, we, we start to doubt and lose our faith. And so as believers, we stand firm on the promises of God. But you need to first understand those promises. Don't you agree? We need to understand those promises so we can then rightly claim those promises. And when you think about it, they're made for our benefit, so there's really no reason for us to exploit them right? They're there. When you understand them, you can anchor your soul into them, and they can benefit you greatly. Aren't you glad? Praise the Lord. And so, the promises of God and our perception. And I'll tell you what, when they line up, something supernatural, something divine can take place. Amen? Amen? Questions? Input? Anything? Everybody good? All right. Praise the Lord. It's nice having some. Yes, sir. Uh, just real quick. I know uh, we had a preacher many years. You probably preached with him. And he, he always said there was a sister verse in those verses. Believe that or not. But he, I think, if you look at Isaiah 55, 8, 9, tying into Philippians 4, 19, for your thoughts are not my faults, neither are your ways my ways. If you tie those That's good. together, it kind of explains both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. I, 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 I've heard that statement before. I kind of agree with it. There's a sister verse for every verse in the Bible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's good, huh? Amen. Praise the Lord. Lee, do you have your hand raised? Oh, you're just waving at me. Okay, good. Everybody good? All right. Let's have prayer together. It's nice having some visitors with us tonight. Good chance to greet you in just a moment. Father, thank you for allowing us to gather on this Wednesday evening. We do pray now you'll dismiss us with your blessing. Pray you'll give us safety as we travel to our homes or our destinations. Pray you'll protect the children as they let out from different departments. And we just pray for a great end to the week. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. God bless you, church. Have a great night. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. 
If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.